Good morning, everyone. I know some of you are still coming in, but we'd like to get started this morning. We've got a lot of things in store for us. This is the 100th year celebration of the starting of Alden Union Church. 80% of those years we've had a missionary conference. So this would be our 80th conference, and we're trusting that the Lord would help us to make this the very, very best. The challenges that are there, the world is in crisis, and we'd like to thank those who've decorated the windows and those who've worked very, very hard in a lot of different ways, but please take a look at the windows to remind ourselves, and we don't need a lot of reminder, but the world is in crisis in a very, very big-time way, and it's Christ for a world in crisis, and that's the message that we have, and it's a, it's a great message. So welcome to this conference, and a special welcome to our missionaries. We don't have a lot of our missionaries here today. They'll be coming during the week, and next Sunday we will have many, many missionaries. But for those of you that are missionaries, not just for the conference, but anywhere, would you stand so that we can welcome you in a special way, all the missionaries present. Thank you. And we're going to be hearing from some of them during the course of the service. I will not get up and announce uh, each one. They'll be introducing themselves. We do have one missionary couple en route, and we're trusting that they'll be here when the time comes. Uh, and if you see somebody that has the name Hildebrand on their tag, uh, tell them to look in their program and they'll know when they're, when they're ready to come up. A little bit later in the program this morning, you'll see a world in crisis toward the end, Leanna's Prayer. That's a video that we're going to be seeing, and I'll, I'll, I'll mention now that that could be a little graphic, probably not today in our world, but uh, could be a little bit graphic. The children will be gone by then. It will help to illustrate the crisis in this world, especially for those who are believers right now under persecution. So we want everybody to be aware of that as part of the crisis that, that we're facing. Let's look to the Lord together now in prayer as we commit this entire time to him. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so very, very much that as we pause now to remind ourselves that you've exalted your name and your word, and thank you that your name is a name that is holy, the name that is hallowed. We thank you that you are our Father, that we're your children, and we're your children regardless of where we've come from or what we look like. Thank you so very, very much for the Lord Jesus that you've given to us. That even though in this world we've been promised there will be trouble, we have the Lord Jesus who's overcome the world. So thank you for that emphasis. Thank you for that theme. And thank you for the great celebration that we will have in addition to the great challenge that will be before us during the course of this week. So we commit it all to you and ask that you will do exactly what you want not just for the conference, but for each individual heart, each individual life, known and loved by you. You know every single person, what we're thinking at this moment, when we got up this morning, everything that we've done, everything that we will do. Thank you that you first loved us. You didn't wait for us to become good. You loved us and sent the Lord Jesus. I pray that you would help us then to appreciate even more what it is to be your children and your ambassadors. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Find 296 in your hymnal, but please remain seated while we sing. I'll have you stand in just a few moments.
In the 80 years since uh, we started doing these, the world has gotten smaller, hasn't it? And these flags have changed a little bit, but we know more about them. And it's a world that's come to us, and we're going to it. Our theme, Christ for a World in Crisis, I think is reflected in the next hymn. You'll find it on the back of the order of service in your, in your program there. Remain standing. The tune you'll recognize, maybe the words are, are new to you. We'll sing all four stanzas. seated. Good morning. I greet you in the strong and wonderful name of the Lord Jesus. My name is Judy Troutman, which you would not know about my main name badge. Forgot my name badge. It's safely in the car. Um, I have the privilege to share with you what the world, uh, God is doing in my part of the world, which is Kenya, and specifically, um, how, what's he doing in the midst of crisis? Many of you, as um, I've got, talked with you, one of your first questions has been, are you okay over there? Um, Kenya's been in the news a lot, and not really for very uh, human, in a human sense, positive reasons. And I want to tell you I'm safe and well in the Lord Jesus Christ. The world around me may not be what we think as safe or crisis-free, but I want to tell you I'm safe in the Lord Jesus, uh, which is, of course, the best place to be, that's spiritual security. Uh, we have our share, fair share of crisis in Kenya and also in East Africa, 
Um, how that spins out for us is um, a lot of intertribal fighting. Um, our neighbors are South Sudan and Somalia, and our neighbors um, cause us a fair amount of excitement. We get a lot of refugees from that country. Um, from South Sudan, because of the intertribal fighting, they're an independent country now, uh, now, but now that their common enemy of the North is gone, they have a lot of conflict within them that um, bumps into us in Kenya to the south. Um, in Somalia, of course, there's a lot of extreme forms of the Islamic faith, and we get refugees, and Kenya is part of a force that is trying to um, get to the root of the extremist element, and there has been some pushback, some retaliation, and that's what you see in the news. We were not directly affected by Ebola, but we had to be prepared because of the international flights. People are also not happy with our leaders right now. There's a low level of disappointment simmering on the back burner. And so we hear about demonstrations and riots, uh, not uncommon in, our, in the city of Nairobi where I'm based. But we are not, we're, we're sometimes perplexed by this, but we're not discouraged or pressed down, as Paul says. Um, for us, uh, we have needed to think about crisis and risk a lot and realize that how we think about it, how we view it, is very important. So as we think about a few things we're doing in the midst of crisis, uh, let me share with you a couple of things. The first being how we see it, um, that we need to see crisis as something still under the sovereignty of God, it's an opportunity, actually. It's not something we wish for, but when it happens, people ask questions. They start thinking about things they never thought about. When life is going well and you're coasting along, you don't think about the big questions, and you don't often think about God. So crisis is an opportunity because people to share with people the hope of Jesus because they're searching. Um, there was a very, very big... Um, conference a few years ago, the Luzane Conference of Missions. It's an international conference, that, and it met in South Africa, and I believe it was 2011. And they talked about what does missions look like for the future. And they realized that to meet the challenges, there were three things. And the first two were prayer. The great work of uh, Christian missions is still prayer. That's the most important work. But also having a robust theology of suffering, that as we are in the midst of crisis, we need to be able to answer those questions and have that faith based on scripture that can answer those questions that come in suffering and give people hope. Um, in East Africa, what's very important is to be with people. The language of love is presence. And so one thing that's very important for us to do is be there. You can't always fix the problem or the crisis, but you can be with people in the struggle. And so as we go in, we're people who have that robust theology of suffering and can be people of hope and peace and joy and share that hope and peace that only comes through Jesus. And as a mission, we're realizing there are a lot of people in crisis and they don't even know the name of Jesus let alone knowing that he is the one, that our ever-present help in times of trouble. And so as an, a mission, I'm with African Inland Mission, we're making a big push 
into uh, unreached people groups. There are still pockets, many pockets, of um, people groups around the world that have no idea even of the name of Jesus, let alone that he can help in suffering. So there are some of the things we're doing in the midst of crisis is you pray for us. You can pray for peace. You can pray for safety. You can pray um, that God will protect us. But most of all, pray that we may continue and persevere with joy and remain in these areas so we can persevere with joy and share about Jesus. God bless you. Thank you. Those of you that are regular attenders, where um, did we leave off in our study of the Lord's Prayer? There's a clue. <laughs> Let your kingdom come. As I was looking for songs for this missions conference, I came across this one. And uh, it's a song about missions, really. And it dovetails with where we were last week in the Lord's Prayer, bringing the rule of Christ to every heart. That's kind of what missions is about. In a minute, we'll see how it is making worshipers out of rebels. But right now, just think of in terms of putting people under the rule of Christ and his kingdom now and in the future. So would you stand with us? This will be new. We're, we'll sing it twice this service. We'll sing it tonight. We'll sing it next week. Eventually, eventually <laughs> I'll be able to say that. You'll learn it and uh, hopefully enjoy what it has to say, and it will speak to you and challenge you.
seated. Every year about this time, I have a, a unique privilege of being able to introduce to you uh, the coming summer's high school mission trip and the team that will be going with us. Uh, this summer, we have the privilege of heading up to Place of Promise to serve with Beth Kidd for the last two weeks of July once again. Uh, we are excited about heading up there. We'll be helping her out running uh, the summer camp for two weeks, and I'm sure that there'll be some uh, projects that she will have us doing around the uh, houses that are there, the residents, and, and, and the best part, the best part is being able to spend two weeks living with some of the residents of Place of Promise, getting to rub shoulders with them, getting to know them, building relationships with them, uh, doing life together. And so we're really excited about that and want to just introduce you to the high school team that will be going, the students and, and adults who will be going. So if you guys would just kind of come on up and stand here up front so everybody can see your pretty faces. I will call their names out. They'll kind of raise their hand and let you know who they are, just so you know who they are and, and can be praying for them. Next week in the bulletin, we'll have an insert with all of their pictures and, and some prayer requests. Uh, going this year with us, Grace Heron, Luke Heron, Christy Kane, Amanda Kaufman, Andrew Kaufman, Alyssa Landusky, who's not here. It's PKs, I'll tell you. Uh, Katie Phipps, Connor Roskowski, Nick Scott, Carson Shaner, Grace Sutfin, who I don't think I've seen this morning. And then the leaders joining us this year will be Stephen Joy Muir, Claire Garner, and myself and my wife, Tammy. Uh, so we would cover your prayer. There's Grace. <laughs> We would cover your prayers for the team and for the trip as we start raising our support. Uh, you'll be hearing about that coming up soon, um, and we'll be giving you guys updates as, as we prepare for the trip um, this summer. So thank you. Okay, my wife and my three kids are, are there. Uh, that's Michelle, uh, plus my daughter Joy, who is 10, my second daughter Cassandra, who is 8, and my youngest daughter uh, Anna, who is 9 months. So we are here from Toulouse, France, which is in the, is in the south, and I've spent the last five years of my life uh, ministering and trying to reach out to a, to a nation that if you get the, for the average, out of every 200 people you meet, you're lucky if you meet one Christian. 
So most of the kids that, that we deal with, they're lucky if they're the only child in their, in their high school that's a Christian. Or for most of the people at, that work at a job, you know, you're lucky if you're the only, only Christian in your whole job area. Or for many of the, the students who go to uh, universities, they're typically the only Christian, and you're lucky if you can meet another one. So for me, coming back, and I'm actually staying in Lancaster, which isn't too far from here, and from coming back, it, it just hit me to realize the difference between a place that's been evangelized. When I came back, I went to uh, Lancaster Bible College, and we, we brought someone with us, and we're showing this girl around, and she's this shocked that they have a, a Bible university. And, and for me, it, it just hit me to, to think of every advancement that this country has made, every small step that someone has put in at every youth event or every rally or everything that we have done. There's these small steps, and sometimes we think they're so insignificant. But in a lot of ways, when you look back on something, you're going, wow, like, what have all these people done in order to put me in a position where even, even I can be in France without people like that that cared about missions or, or that care about other people? It would, be not, it would not be possible. So for me coming back, it just hit me how much or how grateful I am to everybody that's put so much into saying, hey, how can we advance the gospel what can we do? What can we do? Let's, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's, let's work with these kids here. Even like seeing a mission, um, a, a group, group of kids that's going to go, to go over somewhere, it just like, it touches me to think, you know, like, let, God, use me somehow. Use me somehow. And for me, it's just, it's just touching now, just sitting here and saying, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed just to think of, like, what every small thing that we do— once it's added up and, and when God's involved in it and he says, you know what, just watch me work. And for me, I'm just, I'm just thankful today to, to be here in a church that cares so much about missions. There's many churches now today that they've kind of lost that. And for me, it's just a, just a blessing to be here, just to spend uh, a week with, with you guys. And I just want to say just for everything you do, just encourage you never to... Uh, Never to say, oh, I, I can only do that. Everything you, you do is, like, huge as it's added up in a, gr a, a group of Christians, uh, a body of Christians working together. So I'm just thankful for the opportunity to be here this week with my family and just to spend time with you guys. So thank you. The um, second song we're going to sing, based on the idea that, as I mentioned before, that um, the world is made up of a bunch of rebels, and we were all that. If we're believers now, we were all that, and we still have a little bit of that in us. And the work of the gospel is to take those rebels and turn them into worshipers. Jesus said to the woman in Samaria, I am the Father is seeking people who will worship him in spirit and truth. So that's the inspiration behind this song. I think you've sung it many times. Would you stand with me and sing?
worship be the fuel of a mission's flame. We're going with a passion for your name. We're going for we care about your praise. Send us out. Let worship be the heart of mission's aim. To see the nations recognize your fame. Till every tribe and tongue voices your praise. Send us out. You should be the praise of every tongue. You should be the joy of every heart. But until the fullness of your kingdom Most of you know me as Pastor Ed or Pastor Lockmiller, but I also have the privilege of being a missionary with American, I mean, with uh, all the Union, Union Church. And I serve on a mission called uh, PIR Ministries, Pastor in Residence. And I have the privilege of praying for the missionaries this morning. I'm excited that after 80 years, we're supporting over 50 missionaries, that's couples and singles, 
And as I pray, I'll be praying for all of them. won't mention anybody by name, but let's go before the word in prayer, before the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We ask to be hallowed in each of our lives within this church and throughout the world. You've commissioned us, not only as an individual, but as a church, to go into the world, to baptize, and to teach your word. You promised to go with us and to empower us with your Holy Spirit. And we celebrate right now, we celebrate 80 years of a mission conference that's been held right here in this church. We thank you for it. We acknowledge it. You have kept your word. With those who have gone out, you've empowered them, and you've been with them, so that thousands have come to know you as their personal Savior. You call us to be missionaries in our own Jerusalem, in our Judea, Samaria, and also to the uttermost parts of the world. And when you've empowered us, you've encouraged them. You've encouraged us. We thank you, Lord, for those who have responded to the call. And we, pray for those, we thank you for those who have gone before us and for those who are presently active on the field. We also want to thank you for those who will answer the call in the future to represent this church and even more so Jesus Christ into a, Christ, in a world in crisis. We come to you because the world, world is in crisis and it needs your love and your salvation for souls. Father, we pray for our missionaries around the world and within our borders in the United States and those who are addressing special needs. We would pray for their walk with you to be strong and unwavering. We would ask, Lord, that you would build their faith in you as you work within their lives. We pray for protection for those who are serving in dangerous areas and for boldness to, to share with clarity the good news of Jesus Christ. We would ask, Lord, that you would open doors and give a passion for evangelism in each of their lives as well as ours. Father, we pray for peace in the midst of turmoil. And we pray for joy while enduring crisis. We pray for sensitivity to the cultures that they are ministering to and interacting with. We pray for awareness of your presence in all that they do. We would ask, Lord, that you would encourage those that are discouraged. We ask, Lord, that the that surrogate families would be, so, would be supplied to those who are homesick and for healing of broken and, and troubled relationships. Father, we would ask the Holy Spirit would empower uh, every one of them to be effective as you use them for your word. We ask this, Lord, so that through them, others would see your light, would taste your salt, and smell your fragrance. We ask... Lord, that uh, you call new missionaries from within our church family, that, you're, that you would place a passion within us, each of us, to be effective as we reach our community, our borough. Through ESL classes that will be here on Friday, we pray that you let them see what it's like to be a believer, those who attend the, the international dinner this coming Friday. And we pray, Father, for those who will be attending the Easter egg hunt in the, just a few weeks, Lord, that they hear the gospel and respond. We pray for our county, for those who lead the schools, for those who judge in the courts. We pray, Lord, you'd bring them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ that would be reflected in the way that they, they lead. We pray for our commonwealth, for the governor and the state officials. Lord, that they would have, have a passion for you that's above and beyond their passion for politics. We pray for our country, 
the President, the Congress, and Supreme Court. Lord, that they would see you in such a way that they would impact our laws and lead us in a way that's honoring you, glorifying you. Father, we pray for our continent, the troubles that are there. And then, Father, we pray for your world, not just for peace, but for your peace. Father, I want to thank you for the dedication of the Alden Union Church, the body here of believers who for, 40, for 80 years has responded to your call to give financially and physically for others to hear the gospel. We ask that as you, as you use the tithes and offerings we're about to give, that you would promote the good news of Jesus Christ throughout the world. We pray this, Father, for your glory and for your sake. In the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ.
have a hunch that with a combined service, you may be sitting next to somebody who either gets up earlier or later than you. And you may not know them. So would you stand up and greet people around you and get acquainted with the rest of the church? I'm waiting for you all to be seated so I can ask you to stand up again. If you have a hymnal in front of you, which I'm sure you do, turn to 316. I called it a song of urgency because it does communicate some urgent thoughts for the church, even though this was written several decades ago. Not centuries, just decades. And uh, helps us look at what the church ought to be doing. Now you can all stand, okay?
be seated. We were praying for revival, believing God would do a big work in Syria. Then the war came. Now the terrorists are attacking Christian homes, churches, and even our children. Their goal is to empty Syria of its Christians. We hate the spirit of Islam that is destroying our country, but we love our Muslim neighbors. They come to us and say, in the name of our God, terrorists rape and kill, where is God? We tell them about Jesus, and many are coming to know him. Still others say, we are like living in hell. One day, while I was praying, I asked God what he would have me do to be his witness, but he only asked me, Will you give me your life? As I prayed, I understood he wanted all of me. And I said yes. If the time came, I was willing to die for Jesus. The next day, while I was praying, I asked God again what he would have me do. This time, he asked me, Are you willing to give me your husband's life? It is not easy to be ready to die. My husband and I prayed about this together. We said yes to God. The third day was the most difficult. On this day, God asked me if I was willing to give up my children's lives. The terrorists know who we are and that we share Jesus with Muslims. It is not safe for our family. My husband and I prayed and fasted, and together we agreed. God gave us our precious children. He has the freedom to take them back. When we agreed to put our children on the altar, I knew I had to tell them the truth. I told them that it was possible that men with swords may come through our door, men who didn't know Jesus. They may say bad things to us and try to force us to convert to Islam. But no matter what they say, we should not answer them. We should only tell them that Jesus loves them and that we forgive them. I told them that we might see some blood and have some pain, but it would only be for a little while. <laughs> that we should just close our eyes, and when we open them, we will be with Jesus.
Am I a good mother? Do you have to tell my children such things? I also told them that as long as God wants us to be safe, we will be safe, that he is in control. Even during the bloodshed, during the killing, he is carrying our future. This is what it means to be a Christian in Syria. Sobering. I hate to challenge a shallow theology this morning, but as we get started, I do need to remind you that God did not say anywhere in the Bible, I'm about your happiness. It's not there, but there is promise of suffering in many. Because it is not about... And I want to give you a picture to start this morning. If there were a line that represented your life, and it started here, and it went out the door forever, there was a rope. At the tip of the rope, it might be white about this long. And that would represent your entire life here on Earth. It is of no consequence that you are happy for this and would miss eternity what you were designed for. So if you think and as you evaluate this morning, you go, but I wonder what makes me happy or what makes me comfortable. I'm sorry, but God the Father really doesn't want it that way here because he has a plan for your life and for all of eternity that is much greater. And we're here about a morning and a celebration today, I believe, of all that God has done. For a world in crisis, Jesus is the answer. Good morning. You can say good morning. It's allowed. I check. I've got to start my timer. Paul said that I was only to take three days and 25 minutes. So I'm going to try and honor that time. My name is Jamie Farr. Um, many of you knew my family before I was born. And I share with you this morning, not out of that sense, but out of a sense of we need to exalt God and see him glorified. And you need to hear what at least I have seen him about. This is my family. They cannot be here. Um, it was not the unbearable cold of, of uh, Pennsylvania, but it was about 70 degree differential in temperature when I stepped off the airplane, just so you know, on Friday night. Um, my beautiful wife, Anita, and I uh, are, mi are missionaries of Alden Union Church, and I would say, my kids would say they're junior missionaries. So Brandon, Abby, 
JJ and Sierra. And this morning you're going to hear woven in just the testimony of the things that I have seen. I also wrote to some of our senior elders in the church, those that have been missionaries for maybe a long time or part of the missions committee, and you're going to get to hear part of their story. Today you're going to see that I also have a background in education because I'm going to involve everyone in the church this morning in an activity, at least one. Two actually are planned. But I, I share this with you. All four of our kids are adopted. This morning and this evening, as we talk about where we're going, heaven will only be populated by those that are adopted. There will be no one else there. No one. You are there because Jesus said, I paid the price. And uh, you have been invited to invite the rest of God's family that does not know that they were invited to the party to join him. That is our task. You're going to soon see from this morning as we unpack some of these stories that it is not about us as much as it's about the whole family getting ready for a party. And we're going to celebrate our history together. So, I've given you the sermon outline now for this morning and this evening and let God do what he wants to do. God's faithfulness, we're going to talk about that this morning illustrated through what he has done in 80 years here. God has been about some amazing things. What's God's purpose? We'll touch on that briefly. But if you want the strategy for that, you need to come tonight. If you want to hear some stories of, of where suffering is and, and some of that unpacked even more, I invite you to tonight and into this week, come downstairs. Meet with others, but come and see and, and just... Open your heart to whatever God has for you this week. Tonight, the certain and expected challenges that we face and a story of God accomplishing his purposes. The thing about God's purposes is we plan purposes. God accomplishes them. I want you to hear how God purposes for an ethnic nation and then all that he will do, including suffering and death, so that he will be glorified and that nation will know him because he has counted them all and all will know him. Finally, position to finish. What's it going to look like in the years as we walk forward? So this morning there's part of that and tonight there's part of that. And now uh, I've taken the liberty of modifying this and I'm going to read it to our fellow Aldanians because Paul was writing and he wrote and I am writing it from your missionary family. Jamie and Anita and the rest of the missionaries, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Alden, with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank our God in all our remembrance of you, always in every prayer of ours, for you all making our prayers with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now and we are sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ 
In fact, I believe on my watch while I am working, we will start work in the last language community on earth. I believe we will get to see the completion of what God the Father and the Son waited for. We're participating in that this morning. It is right for us to feel this way about you all because we hold you in our hearts for you are all partakers with us of grace both in our imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Now, not many of us have been imprisoned. For God is our witness how we yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is our prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. We want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to us has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known. From Romania, Canada, Florida, California, Pennsylvania, India, Brazil, Texas, Colorado, Virginia, Asia, Maryland, Massachusetts, Senegal, Nicaragua, Haiti, Brazil, Bolivia, Kenya, Honduras, Ghana, Papua New Guinea, Central African Republic, and even to the ends of the earth. Look on the back of your bulletin and see where your people serve. God is doing something great and epic in this time, in this season of his church. And Alden, be very aware, the war is coming to you in new ways. What a great way to start the morning. So nice and light, Jamie, thank you. I want to celebrate 80 years. I told you I'd asked some questions of some of our elders, and I'm going to give you some of the answers to what they had shared with us. So as, as I get started in this, God has done much through this church. But the contributions of your church, many of you don't even know to the extent it has reached. As we celebrate and remember what God has done in the past, it is appropriate because we honor God this morning with all he has done and purposed for Alden to be about. He is accomplishing this in you, through you, and from you. Three things that are practical before I answer these questions. Today, we're going to practice one eight, Acts 1.8. I'm going to tell you directly what I have witnessed and what others have witnessed from among this church and from among your missionary body. We are going to pray God's purposes for the remaining ethnic nations this morning. And three, we will look at God's purposes, which he is going to accomplish and is accomplishing, and we will consider how we join him in them. So question number one, when did you start serving with missions committee at Alden? I had a response from some that said, well, we didn't really work on the committee. I said, I didn't say work on the committee. I said, when did you start working with? But I got a great answer from one. In 1972, Pierce Barnes says, we spoke to a missions committee regarding a request that African and missions suggested to us. Since I was in the film world involved with commercial communications, Ames thought I could advise them perhaps as to this unique opportunity 
to use Kenya's TV as a means of broadcasting the gospel. It was suggested that if I agreed, I would go with Clarence Jones of HCJD to evaluate this ministry in providing Christian programming for Kenya. I left. I'm going to skip down. There's so many notes that I did get back, I had to choose. What are some significant milestones? This is the second question I asked. That you have seen the church cross in terms of its impact on worldwide missions. Alden Union Church was willing to endorse this endeavor to go to Africa for a two-year period to help. And they didn't know where the funds would come from. The consistency in keeping missions alive at Alden Union Church for 80 years is amazing. That's from Pierce Barnes. God has provided computers through the support fund, enabled Alden to support retired missions throughout the years, has provided surprise gifts in times of need for our missionaries. That's from Bill Slothauer, former chairman of the committee. The budget for the worldwide work through missions has been somewhere between the 40 to 50% range for many years of the church. I have to tell you, as the Senior Director of Mobilization for Wycliffe Bible Translators, that less than 1% of the Evangelical Church in North America is involved in missions. Your contributions and participation in a great way is stunning. But even greater, the time you spend on your knees has rocked the world. And I'm speaking to the teenagers in the room now. There's a legacy where God wants to change the world and he uses your prayers. Be serious about it. God is. Growing up in Alden Union Church, again, I'm reading from someone else. Missions was like a second nature. Every Sunday school class was assigned a missionary and we prayed for them every week. In fact, Lee Barnes was my Sunday school teacher in the junior high department and might have been your mother's too. The yearly missionary conference was looked forward to with great anticipation. Children in the primary, junior, and intermediate departments entered a poster con contest using the theme of that year's conference. Posters were judged, prizes given, and the posters hung all over the church. The Saturday night before the close of the conference was special because we saw slides. For some of you in the room, slides are these things they used to take pictures, put them on the film, and then they would put them through, there'd be a large bright light and it would show up on the screen, and it was always grainy photos. Yeah. Okay, and just the context is important. Um, remember them? The evening was divided into segments of 20 minutes. A missionary would speak, show sides of his work, and then Mr. Dean would ring a bell and we would run downstairs to see oodles of booths, and then Mr. B Dean would ring the bell again and we would all go upstairs to have the same thing repeated a number of more times during the evening so that we could hear the stories of what God was doing. Shirley Pruitt. Way back in the 1930s, Depression days, a foreign national pastor came and preached a very emotional message and received a large love offering. We remember this because it was at that time we decided to put restrictions on missionary support for those that we knew better and were part of our congregation. So I'm showing you the good, the bad, and the ugly this morning. It's part of our history. 
and if Israel gathered regularly to hear the stories of what God did for them, how appropriate is it for us to hear how we've seen God be faithful? It's a reminder of his track record. That's what we're doing right now. Yes, this is holy, even though it's remembrances of our, mi our missions committee and our church sharing what they saw God do. It's amazing. Since then, Alden Union Church has supported national missionaries. They've been a part of Western missionaries. They've been receiving support, and those missionaries have proven faithful as your leadership and missions has prayed over them. That comes from Bill Neath. Next question. What verse would you share as an encouragement to those sitting in the seats at Alden now in terms of how to invest their lives? Malachi 3.10 Prove me now, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Ecclesiastes 5, 4 and 5. When you make a vow to God, do not delay to fulfill it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. It's better not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfill it. Bill Neath. Now you say, how is that a blessing or a remembrance? You have made commitments and stood by them. And around the globe, God is impacting the nations. And it's been hard for you. And I have no doubt. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. From 1 Chronicles 4.10. By the way, those were from Bill. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm, so that I will be free from pain. He enlarged the scope of the Jesus Project as an example of this. Today, 1,307 languages. I checked this on Friday, so maybe it's 138 this morning. But 1,307 languages have the original Jesus films, 429 the audio drama, and 157 in the church's version count. All on your watch, Alden Union. Amazing. But even... If you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. And from Acts 13, 47. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Question four. I know, there's a lot of questions. I'm just that sort of guy. What is one story of God's handiwork that you witnessed that you might share with the church? I believe I was in attendance at the First Alden Union Church Missionary Conference somebody here. 
when a Korean pastor, Yen Sun Park, I think it was the time of the great Korean revival, he touched my heart and perhaps our mission-minded leaders as well for Alden Union Church's missions program prospered from that day till today. Some years later, I met a Korean pastor and asked him about Yansan Park, and he affirmed my remembrance of him. I also remember the time we had one or two members willing to go overseas to the mission field, and we were concerned how in the world could Alden Union Church possibly support them. I believe it was in our 8 a.m. Sunday morning mission-minded men's prayer meeting of perhaps five or six men in early 1942 that the comment was made something like this. We don't know how we could support so-and-so, but we took them on and the Lord supplied. Let's trust the Lord for. I look at the back and there are 86 missionaries you support on your bulletin, either retired or currently active. I don't know how, but this is your God, Alden Union. You may clap for God. Now, I have to tell you a little of God's faithfulness also from what I witnessed, and this is now as the senior director of Wycliffe, so I get at least a little privilege there today. So um, what I'm going to do in this activity is you're going to see some numbers come up, and I'm going to ask you a question. So if you have started to come to Alden within the year you see, or more recently, just put your hand up. So, for instance, and look at those two numbers. If you started coming in 2014 to Alden, would you just put your hand up? Cool. Welcome. So your numbers are 20 and 2. Okay, 20 and 2. I'll keep them up there for you. 2013. Awesome. Great. So your numbers are 22 and 7. 2012. Okay, a few more hands. Great. Your numbers are 52 and 13. 2011. I'm not going to go through 80 years, but I will go back 80 years. Um, okay. We're going to start going by decades now. So 2010. Anyone come in 2010? Okay, 98 and 12. So if you came 2000 or all the way to 1991, um, we're looking at 317 to 14. Anyone in there in that region? Okay, a few more. How about in 1980? Your numbers are 688, okay. 1970, ooh, 802, 42. I have my hand up there. 1960, a few more hands back there. 1950, wow, look around you, church. Yeah, people. 1940. Do you have any hands back there? Where's Bill Neep? Okay, I see the hand. Oh, Shirley Pruitt. Yep, we have a few others out here. 1934. 833. You guys want to know what those are? 
those are the number of ethnic people groups that have the entire New Testament and the whole Bible since you started your missions conferences and you have been part of this work the whole time you may praise the Lord. Do you realize this is not starts, this is those who have access to Scripture, this is when they got it. I am telling you this is unparalleled. Go back and look at the first 1900 years of the church. It's not even close. God has done more in the last 80 years in terms of the ethnic peoples knowing his name. And you have been a part of it. And wait till we get to the stuff that's fun, the ones he started now on this watch. We're going to go there this morning. An example of this for you is this woman that you see there. A young deaf woman, as she talks passionately at lunch, following the Kerala Sign Language, there were 1,200 deaf people there for the celebration of their language being completed. But there's 9 million that are sign language speakers in India. The next, this elderly man in a Muslim context listens to an audio New Testament his language for the first time. 14,000 speakers. These people have waited for 2,000 years to hear and understand what God has done for them that Jesus said, welcome to my family. In these days, God has used your partnership to and now touches hundreds of millions who are using God's word online in a mobile environment. There are two billion smartphones in use now and that number we think will double. Soon access to the internet will by far be on here in greater ways than it will on computers. We think it's going to happen this year. The reality is this is we're providing scripture. The numbers, this is really fun. As of Friday at 1.40 p.m., and five seconds, there were 173,246,784 users. If you go now, I think it's already at 247,000. People are signing up for God's word. It's audio. How many languages? 1,092 versions available. You can go to Uversion if you're on a computer. There's 780 languages supported right now in global work of providing scripture. We are seeing somewhere on the order of 30 to 40 languages a month. And there are audio, there's the video, there's children's stuff, there's reading plans. You know what? I may not be able to go to some places, but I can tell you that God's word is getting there. To God be the glory. and most popular books of all time. But is it just a book? Or is it much more than that? At Wycliffe, 
We believe that the Bible is literally God's word to us. And we think everyone deserves to hear it in a language they can clearly understand. But here's the problem. Not everyone has access to God's word. In fact, people from around 2,000 language groups are still waiting for their Bible translation to begin. That's approximately 200 million men, women, and children who don't have a single word of the Bible in a language they can clearly understand. When people finally get the Bible in their own language, lives often change in amazing ways. We've seen people freed from addictions, saved from violent lifestyles, and rescued from some very dark corners of their own hearts. Men and women have found forgiveness for past wrongs, and relationships have been restored, each empowered by the truth and wisdom of God's word. But the most important thing about the Bible the thing that makes translation so crucial is that it leads people to Jesus Christ and a right relationship with God. That's why Wycliffe exists. It's why we're working with more than 1,500 language communities right now to help them get God's word. And no matter what it takes, we won't stop until all people have the Bible in a language they can understand. will be very sad for you to discover when we get to the next slide a couple down that I'm sorry it's not 2,000 it's over 130 more than that now we should stop shooting videos and putting dates and numbers because in six months they're way out of order there is a purpose that God has there's a great course perspectives on the world Christian movement we were made to live for purpose. God himself lives for purpose. The way to live with significance is to so devote yourself to a purpose that is larger than your life. This morning and throughout this week, my invitation to you is to say, will you hand God the checkbook of your life and say, write whatever checks you want, God, on yours. God's purpose is threefold toward God that all people in creation would glorify him for people that all people would know that they belong and have been invited to become his children and third it's against evil God is literally hell-bent on destroying all things that come between himself and his own let me read to you and I think it will hit you anew from Galatians 3.29 and now that you belong to Christ you are the true children of Abraham you are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you and from Romans 8.18 to 25 this is going to hit you differently than ever before yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later for all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. You're telling me the earth and all that is in it and all of creation saying, who are his kids? Where are they? Where do I find them? If I'd have told you before this that the trees are eager to find out who are God's kids, you would have said, this guy is crazy. I don't believe I am. They are waiting. There's a reason. 
but with eager hope the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long, put in crave if you want, for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering and we wait with hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children. I told you adoption was going to hit you new, including the new bodies he has promised us. We are given this hope. Out of this passage, I'm going to pull out one verse, but in Matthew 24, verse 14, it talks up front about suffering. Tonight we're going to unpack more of that strategy. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. That is why we take the gospel. This is what remains, church. There are 1,859 people groups. This, this by the way, um, the, the date is as of December 31. Uh, there are a few updates that come. But there are 72 language groups in Americas that have no one working yet to provide scripture, 759 in Africa. And Pastor Paul, a little later this morning, I'm going to be inviting you up for this. There's going to be a disturbing reminder somewhere in the halls of this church. We're going to give you the names of those people, the number of speakers of those languages, the locations. They're all on this. So that when you put it up and you walk in and out of this church, you realize what God's heart is set on. Because at the end of Isaiah 53, he says, in this passage, he says, I'm the one. I crushed Jesus. But in the end, he will be satisfied. Jesus will be satisfied when his whole family is there. Who am I? I am forgiven. I'm a son of God. I'm redeemed. I'm a blessing to the nations. I'm a created one. I'm designed for eternal relationships. That's what God says about me, and he says that about you, except he says daughter. There are other things that he says about you. I tell you a story to illustrate this, and then we're going to... Come on up, story. There we go. And it's the story of Jared. Jared is my younger son. You are to be a blessing to the nations, and we carry around within us the truth of Christ so that the rest of God's family, who is eager to hear, will hear it. On December 27th of this past year, we went and spent an evening with our daughter Abigail's birth mom and family. At breakfast time on the 28th, the next morning, Jared asked Anita, Mom, do you have a different birth mom than, like, your real mom? She said no. He stopped eating, he started playing, then you could see him starting to get frustrated, maybe a little upset. He asked her three more times, Mom, do you have a real mom, and where is your birth mom? Finally, he just started to get agitated and frustrated, and he started 
lashing out saying, it's not fair, I don't want to do this, I don't want to eat. There were all sorts of things. But I stopped and prayed because I could see something was working on him. And Anita turned and said, JJ, that's our nickname for him, are you upset that I don't have a birth mom? Are you feeling upset that you don't get to see your birth mom? Do you want me to hold you? Slowly, Jared nodded his head and let her hold him on the couch, and we went over, and the sobs racked his body. He cried, and he cried, and he cried, and we pulled out the one picture we have of his mom. Jared knew he belonged, but he needed to desperately know where he fit, where he was valued. I, the father, cried as I considered the deep loss that my six-year-old boy feels for a mom he never saw after he turned two weeks old, but knew deeply that God had created him to miss her, and I mourned for his loss. I was deeply and profoundly grieved for my boy. I reached out for him, and suddenly it hit me right between the eyes. This is how my heavenly father feels for his children that he invited, but they don't know. He created them with a belonging and a need to be with him, and they have never experienced it, and he cries for them every day. They are filled with a hopeless and helpless sense of an unsatisfied longing that they cannot explain because the rest of the children have not yet shared the truth with them. You are in, you will belong, you are valued, and there's a plan for eternity for you. So what will I, as an adopted child of the king, be willing to do so that the rest of the family knows? Let's not again call them unreached people groups. Let's call them family members that we haven't invited yet. And it will change what you are willing to sacrifice. It will change what you are willing to lay on the altar and say, God, for your glory, that your family would be complete, that Jesus would see the value you have given him. We in our inmost beings are deeply and profoundly created to be in relationship with the king. This was established in the very beginning in Genesis. God knew, however, there would be a war and that our rightful place would be challenged, our identity stolen by Satan, our value in God forgotten if Satan could do it, and that only through death, redemption, and adoption through Christ would we become his children. He had a better plan than us simply being made in his image. He had a plan that said, you're mine and you will call me Abba. I am daddy. Your family waits for you. For the physical, emotional, spiritual need to satisfy who they are. The gospel will be preached to these nations. Alden Church, this morning we are going to pray, and I'm going to give you instructions. At the end of every one of the aisles on the outside of the pews, there is a small plastic cup. In that cup are language groups. I want you to distribute them right now across the aisles. So hold up the plastic cup if you would, and then just pull out those sheets and make sure that all of them leave the cups and are distributed. 
I'll wait for a second and I'll give you your next instructions. I see that they're going out. Make sure that there are no cups, no pews left without. Okay, are they distributed? Have they all been sent? Does everyone have one? Or two? This is what we're going to do next. We're going to stop the service, and you are going to pray with the people, and it will be a loud murmuring because everyone's going to be praying simultaneously. Pray with the people around you for all of those, those language communities. You have the numbers that speak the language. You have the language community. I want you to pray that someone would, raise, would come from that people group and say, God, do something in our midst. I want you to pray that Jesus would be worshipped by that people group. I want you to pray for laborers to go. I don't care what you pray over that people group other than that they would see Jesus. So let's go, church. You have three minutes. Pray. Dear Jesus, you hear the prayers of your saints. And this morning in this church, we have prayed for every single ethnic group on earth that still does not know your name. And Lord, we ask that in our time, you would accomplish the task you gave the church. Glorify yourself. Lord, we believe the last translator is alive. We know that the languages that remain, remain because one, they live in places like Nigeria where Boko Haram has taken the kids of some of our translators. We know that there are lives being lost in Central Asia. We know even here in the sending churches that Lord Satan is doing a work in the countries to distract and dis dissuade the church. Jesus, the work that remains, remains in very difficult places to get to. It will take costly sacrifice. But Jesus, we thank you that you will do this. And we are praying that you would do this in our time. Amen.
up front here, Pastor Paul and I are holding the 1,859 language groups. You can come and see them. You can look at the name. And by the way, I'm sorry, but this is closer to 1,900 because we printed it too far, too long ago. We're going to come out with a new one, and I'll get you that. But you can see the name of the language, how many speakers, the country and continent it is, and Alden Union on your watch. I believe every single one of these will know Jesus. And you may give the Lord a round of applause for that. We prayed this morning for every people group on earth, and I pray it's a stunning reminder. It's going to be a difficult journey ahead of us. I put something on the screen here because I did a who am I slide of my child, and I told you who I am. But this week, I would ask you to assess in the next minute or two, where are you in terms of advocating for members of your family that haven't been invited yet in your own neighborhood? What about praying for a Bibleist people group? I would challenge the church that in this church, we could choose to pray over one meal a week for a language community and continue to pray until they got scripture. You can sign up. We can hook you up with doing that. This is not Wycliffe's work. This is the work of the bride. We do this. We're working currently in 2,200 language communities. We now are working in more language groups in the last two years than there are languages that remain to be started. Glory to God. You have been a part of this, Holden. But as we head into today, I'm going to be asking the worship team to come up. Could you pray this prayer yourself that I'm going to read for you? I'm going to ask you to think about it. And I want to challenge you this week. Who is king in your life? You have been faithful in praying, sending, and going as a church. But it's a regular commitment for each of us. God, my life is an open book. Do with me now, today, this week, what you will. May me think about your kingdom. Don't let me pursue my own comfort, but position my life, God, in all ways to be significant for your glory. Jesus Christ be known wherever we are. 
Stand for the announcements. You may sit down if you would like to. These are more than announcements. These are opportunities for us to get further involved in the missionary conference as well as in missions worldwide. I'd like to make just a few announcements. And, and one comment, Jamie, you'd be interested in this, I know, and I've said this a number of times here to many of the folks at least. It's a man by the name of Paul Eshelman, who is the director of Campus Crusade for Christ, um, the missions aspect of that. And he once wrote us a letter and said that, just wanted you to know as an encouragement to the church, that the work that Pierce Barnes, whom you mentioned, the work that he did in dubbing those languages into the Jesus film, uh, it was way ahead of its time, he said, but there will literally be millions of people in heaven as a result of what God did through Pierce Barnes, just one aspect, one part of the heritage of the church. Multiply that so many times over. And even now, the, the word comes in every week from Peru. Al Shannon has discipled so many people, and people are coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Every week, we hear about teams that have been trained who are doing that. And again, you multiply that by all of the missionaries here, and it is a great heritage, and we're, we're indebted to the Lord for what he's done throughout the, the many, many years of the conferences. We have a, an opportunity, we have a Taste of the World dinner that is coming up. That's on Friday night, March 13th. As part of our conference, uh, 
the deadline is today to sign up for that, but that's significant. That's very significant. But uh, pray also that we have 30 guests from our ESL who are going to be there that evening, and I trust surrounded by loving Christians. What an opportunity. Maybe you're not keen on international cuisine, but you've got the opportunity to come and show love to at least those 30 that we know from ESL and anybody else who may be there. So look at that as an opportunity, not just to come and uh, have a good time of fellowship, but as an opportunity to actually serve. Jamie alluded to the poster contest. We have 10 children from second grade through fifth grade who made posters about this conference displayed on the wall near the nursery. And we'd encourage you to go and take a look at them and encourage the children. They're, they're not here with us in the service right now, but as you have opportunity, read the names. You may know a few of them. You may know all of them, but encourage them uh, as we thank those who took part in the flag procession today, and we appreciate that contribution that was made. We also want to thank Ashley Harris and all the others who helped along with that. That was a, a great display reminding us of, of the world and the world in crisis. Be sure to be praying for our students' missions conference coming up here on March 21st, our middle school, high school students, as well as those from many other places in the area. So be sure to be praying about that. And I wanted to make um, mention of this. You all have received at one time or another, or if you haven't, you have access to our conference brochures. They're scattered throughout the building. Um, had a chance to see what's going on this week. I encourage you to be a part of all that is going on. Uh, one thing in particular, the Wednesday morning coffee hour. Typically, that's been for ladies only. It is no longer for ladies only. We invite everyone to come to that who would like to. So uh, as you take note of that on Wednesday morning, you'll see who the speakers are, and nursery care will be provided. Uh, as you leave the service this morning and also displayed throughout the week, there is an Alden Union Church missionary history document available, one per family, we're asking. Uh, it'll start today after church. You can pick yours up. Contains a list of our current missionary family and their email addresses, a written history of Alden Union Church missions, and a list of all the missionaries that Alden Union Church has ever supported. A very interesting reading, but also I think it'll be very gratifying. Please read the bulletin. There are other announcements having to do with activities that everything isn't just missionary conference. There are other things that are going on. Visitors, new members class coming soon. We have a funeral on Wednesday for James Whitby. That's not in the bulletin at noon here. If you remember James Whitby, um, married into the Skull family and uh, had a very, very difficult last number of years. So if you want to support the family and encourage them, visitations at 1130 on Wednesday and then the service at 12. And in lieu of flowers, how appropriate, gifts are appreciated to be given to the missionary fund of Alden Union Church. Uh, Jamie mentioned the Great Commission. We have a baptism scheduled two Sundays from today in the evening. Please notify me if you'd like to be baptized. There are a number already who would like to be. And uh, ladies, today's the last day to register and pay for the sight and sound trip. That's in the bulletin as well. We want you to be a part of that. Jamie Farr, thank you very much for sharing with us, encouraging us, and challenging us. We appreciate it very much. Most of you know this, but Jamie is an MK. Uh, Jim and Cindy Farr. Cindy grew up here in the church, so he's a second-generation missionary from Alden Union. Uh, we're very proud of him and what the Lord has done through him, and we're delighted to have you as a part of our conference. It seems very fitting that you would be here for our 80th conference because 
your family goes back a long ways. So, yes, sir. I'm live. You're live. Wanted to say thank you and let them know tonight we start with great stories of suffering. And I forgot to make an announcement. On the back, there are, please pray, for language communities. There are magnets that everyone in the church can take with them today. Okay, magnets in the back as well as downstairs at the table. So if you should happen to forget, you have the rest of the week to get them. Uh, when you put them all together, he brought enough for everybody in the church. You put them all together, they're very heavy. And we don't want him to have to carry them back. Remember, one of our goals is to encourage the missionaries this week, and we want to encourage Jamie in that regard, too. Let's look to the Lord in prayer as we close now. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for a great start yesterday morning and now again this morning to this conference. Thank you for your great faithfulness. Thank you that you're our help in ages past. You're our help and our hope for years to come. Thank you for that, and thank you for all that you've already done in our hearts and lives. Continue to fan the fires, continue to speak to us, to encourage us, knowing that Alden Union Church for all these years has valued missionary service, has valued missionary conferences. May each one of us trust this church and its leadership enough to participate as much as we can even though Jamie says we're going to hear a lot about suffering tonight, what a great opportunity for us to answer the call that's all over the scriptures that suffering is not something to be avoided at all costs. It comes with the territory, and we wouldn't want to shy away from it. So help us to come, help us to be a part of everything that is here, and listen, and then respond. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.